Hey friends, welcome to the Look Up Collective podcast. We are so glad you're here today. Thank you for taking time out of your full week, full days to spend some time with us and we can just dive deeper into some good conversation. Yeah, what we would love to hear from you is if you have had us in your weekly rhythm, when do you listen to us? Do you listen to us in the car? Do you listen to us on a walk, in the gym, while you're doing dishes, while you're folding laundry, while you're in the bathroom? Who knows? Where do you listen <laughs> to us at? We would love to hear from you. So tag us and let us know where you're listening from. It would be it would be so helpful. Yeah. And we'd love to hear your thoughts. Like if you want to continue the conversation, reach out. We'd love to talk about it. Maybe you need some housing out of thoughts that are provoked during the conversation and we'd love to just continue the conversation with so you. this week we're going to pick a random winner. i do not even know what we're going to give away yet but for people who actually just say hey i'm listening in the car i'm listening in the gym i'm listening on the walk let us know we're going to pick one of you for you know a fun little prize do they need to tag us or of course okay yeah, tag us tag us tag us perfect excited We are Chris and Elizabeth Servant, middle school sweethearts who have literally grown up together. We have been through the many highs and lows of marriage, parenting, friendship, and faith over the years. And through it all, we believe we are better together. We created the Look Up Collective podcast to provide simple, actionable, and encouraging conversations that help you become rooted in what matters so you can look up and serve others around you. If you are someone who wants to make the most of this one life we have been given and are looking to be more intentional in the ways you see and show up for the people in your life, then you are in the right place. Let's dive in. Today we wanted to talk about one of the things that we love. We say it all the time. I actually have it tattooed. On our body, we say all the on time. On our body? On your body? Well, I guess body, it is our body. My body is your body. <laughs> our body, my body, mm-hmm. it says better together. And mm-hmm. so today, we wanted to talk about being teammates, how we are actually teammates in our marriages, how we can be teammates in our family, teammates in our workplace, teammates with our neighbors, how when we can gather together in this world that is so Mm -hmm. dang divided right now, Mm -hmm. when we can circle around some specific missions and get excited about serving the people around us in our life and moving in that one direction, great things can happen. These days, like I just said, are incredibly divided. They're also stressful. We are coming off of a global pandemic where life was exceedingly crazy. And now we are going into a time of financial uncertainty. Okay, Mm -hmm. so times are stressful. They will continue to be stressful. We are not designed to go through this life only by ourselves. Yes, that's why figuring out who our teammates are and really leaning in and using our gifts, all of us to work together is so crucial. This is the time to lean in instead of drawing completely inward and isolating. That's what our brains want to tell us right now. They want to offer the thoughts of scarcity and overwhelm and stress and just like, oh no, the sky is falling when 
we get to choose what we see here. And while there's definitely some uncertainty ahead of us, we also know who holds the future of that uncertainty and how he created us all with unique gifts to offer and contribute to the world and to our families. And so we can all come together and truly work as a team, as a community, and we're going to be hashtag totally cliche, better together. Better together. So that's what we want to talk about today. We want to cast some vision to you about seeing the people in your life as teammates. We want to give you a few tips on how you can implement teamwork more into your life to move towards a mission together. Elizabeth, first of all, I would like to ask you a question. What is your first memory of being on a team? Mm, My first memory. So the first thing that pops in my head initially is third grade playing softball. For the first time, if you could have seen me, guys, I had the shortest hair known to man for a little girl. It was a bob, but it went to my ears. It wasn't even like the normal bob. And I was the first child, the first pancake, and my dad was the coach. And of course, he puts me at shortstop. If you know anything about me, I am not shortstop material, but he thought (laughs) I would be because I come from his loins. And so he had high hopes for me. So honestly, I don't remember anything about teamwork on that specific memory. I just remember being shortstop with really short hair and struggling through the season. No, I really wasn't that horrible. But my first like real feeling of what teamwork was, was as a cheerleader, I was in sixth or seventh grade and I tried out. There's a lot of like preconceived thoughts about cheerleading and some of them are absolutely true. But the cool thing about cheerleading is it's like a true unified team. Like if one person is not unified with the team, we all look bad. (laughs) And so it's all about harmony. The way you cheer, the way you dance, everyone is a united front and especially in stunts. So the flyer gets a lot of the showtime, right? When you think about stunts, your focus and your eyes always go to the flyer. She's doing the cool things. She's flipping. She's tumbling in the air. She's doing all these cool things. But what you often don't notice is the people underneath her who are the bases, who are holding the weight, the the back spot, who is the one who catches her when she falls. And the people at the bottom are the ones who are all working together. We're the ones who give her the safety net, the stability, we're the foundation where she feels confident going up that she can stick those stunts because we have her. We are not going to let her fall. We're going to catch her. We're going to save her. And it's all working together to make this beautiful stunt. None of us can do our job without the other person. If the bases and the back spots don't have a flyer, then the stunt doesn't work. And if you don't have a base, it doesn't work. And the the back spot, they probably get the least praise, which is actually what I was. I was a base first, then I became a back spot. And they are so essential. They're the ones that get like knocked in the face the most, elbows right to the nose. Like that's a constant thing. But they truly are so needed for the stunt to function the way it's supposed to. So everyone's working together. And it was truly such a beautiful picture to me on what true teamwork is 
Yeah, so like you're saying, you see the flyer the most, but every single role mm -hmm. is essential. And, and I think that's where sometimes we can get kind of tripped up in teamwork. It's like, well, the most visible one is seemingly, we mm -hmm. think, maybe pulling all the weight, right? Or the most visible or, or whatever. But the truth is, like, everybody can't be Tom Brady, right? I know most of women are listening, but you all know who Tom <laughs> Brady is. But I bet you cannot at all mention his linemen that he has that protect him, right? Yeah. And without the linemen, Tom Brady is not who he exactly. is. And so that's the thing about how a lot of times when we're talking, and even we've seen it in our own marriage in the past, when, when we get off of from being teammates, we can really get into that comparison type thing. Yeah. I think that has been the biggest thing for us in our marriage. Uh, Chrissy and I. Uh, Chrissy. I, was, I said Chris, C and I, but I was going to say, you know, the, the word C. Chris and I see our marriage completely as teammates. Like we function as a team fully, but it has not always been that way. We actually had to work really hard to get to this beautiful picture of a team. And probably more so for me, Chris has always told me that we're a team. Like since we first got married, we're a team, we're a team. We're not competing, we're not comparing. But my own insecurities has caused so much like selfishness to rise up in comparison, competing, that kind of thing. And mostly my insecurities come from feeling not enough. Not so much that like, oh, I'm doing all these things and Chris is not helping me. Like he's always been a willing hand to help. I'm super thankful for that in our marriage. But because of my own struggles with anxiety, depression, all of these things that I'm sure many of you have experienced as a woman with hormones and birthing children and all of that that comes with that, you find like two camps. And I think we can kind of swing from one side of the pendulum all the time, feeling not enough or too much. We feel not enough that we don't have what it takes to do all the things that is expected as a woman. And then sometimes we feel too much when our emotions are too much and our hormones are too much. And like, oh my gosh, there's so much that goes into being a woman. So that has been the biggest thing for me knowing that what I bring to the table because oftentimes I shrink in insecurities that what I bring to the table is not enough and that sometimes Chris I feel like he's carrying more weight and I should be carrying more weight you know the shoulds that come in but the truth of the matter is there's seasons ebb and flow and we're going to talk about that that there's sometimes where I am carrying more weight and there's sometimes where he's carrying more weight and that is the beauty of a teammate. It's not always 50-50. I think what our goal is both bringing 100% mm -hmm. to each other, but there's going to be times where it feels like 60-40, 30-70. It's not always perfect because life is not perfect, but there's still so much abundance. And I think the key is with marriage especially is just communication like knowing what is going on instead of just bottling it up and then letting it implode. It's just communicating. Okay, this is what we're walking through right now. This is the circumstances that we're in. How can we show up for one another to truly show up to serve our family, our community, and the people around us as a team? But it has to be communicated. If there's not communication, 
it literally will all fall apart. Yeah, I think and that communication really needs to start at the very beginning or today. So it needs to start with saying, what is our mission? Mm -hmm. What do we want to accomplish? And that's what every successful team has ever done, right? You, you always see when it's all about one person historically about that person's glory and that person's fame and that person's stuff. Usually it just doesn't, it doesn't work out. But when that team can surround themselves with a common goal, mm -hmm. a common mission, then everybody's willing to pull their weight inside of their role. And so that's where even and the church we see in scripture, not everybody's an eye, not everybody's a hand, not everybody's a foot, but together we can be a body together that is living on mission for Christ, living yeah. to accomplish the great commission, living to glorify Jesus, living to make him known in the world. And so that's the same thing in the household that we can do as well. And in the world, that's how the world literally goes round. Like that's how all the needs are met is through people like God uses people to meet the needs of his people and to meet the needs of the world. And so that's why we all have different giftings and skill sets so that the world keeps going. It keeps ticking and we get to show up in that fullness. So maybe if you're having a difficult time where you don't feel like you're moving in the same direction with your spouse, with your family, with your neighbors, whatever, maybe you do just say, what is our mission? Like, what mm -hmm. do we want to accomplish? What do we want to do? Like, that's the first part of that communication. And maybe it's that, that we want to steward the time that we have with our kids well. Like, we want to sharpen them. We want to shape them. And then we want to shoot them out as arrows. And so... That's one part of how a husband and wife can really work together. Yeah. And the why. The why. You have to have the why because then we just walk aimlessly with no intention, no purpose, no passion. And when we have meaning behind why we show up, why we show up in the role that we're given in this season. And hear me, your roles change in different seasons and there's still so much beauty and abundance. You don't have to stay one way. People evolve and change so do seasons evolve and change so do people like marriages like everything is an ebb and flow it's so nuanced and so when we get into this one tracked mind that it can only be a certain way for our whole entire life it creates a lot of discord and disappointment and so that's why reassessing every quarter every year like, hey, what's working? What is not working? How can I help in this area? How can I serve in this area? So that we're still going toward that one goal as a family, as a marriage. And don't be scared of having these conversations and kind of like floundering in them a little bit. Like it's not going to be perfect the first time you do it. It's going to be like stretching a little bit. It actually feels easier to just sometimes walk aimlessly. It's harder to sit with our thoughts and think, okay, what do I want out of this life? You know, we say this often, but life is meant to happen for us, not to us. And so the only way for that to happen is to choose an intentional life, to choose a life of purpose and meaning. And so it's going to feel hard at first to do that. And that's okay. Like our brains are wired to just seek comfort and pleasure and to avoid pain or change and to conserve energy so this is going to take more energy right 
to, to do something new, but it's in a time investment for your entire life or your future for that year to go into your year, the next season or the next quarter of the year with so much more intention behind it. So the older I get, the more opportunities that I have to get emotional, it seems. And lately, for whatever reason, I guess Instagram is listening to me wanting to live till I'm 85 plus because I talk (laughs) about that a lot or whatever it is. But I've been getting a lot of these stories where couples have been married for 70, 75 years and you just see them and, and I just get emotional because I think about all the life that has been lived together in yeah, those 70 or 75 years. I think about how Elizabeth said how, you know, we change. And I think about like that guy in particular, how many, even though he was married <laughs> to the same woman for 70 or 75 years, how many different women he was married to for 70 to 75 <laughs> years. That's like... Hey, I the, always say if when you when you change the narrative and you see it on a positive oh, that women are changing. Positive. No, no, no. I'm just saying <laughs> sometimes we think, oh my gosh, I've changed or I'm not the same person. Well, first of all, we don't want to be the same person. We want to grow. Okay. And that is going to include change when we grow. But honestly, it keeps men on their toes when we are changing all the time. And so it keeps life interesting. Very, very interesting. But I, so I think about that. I also think about all the seasons of life in which they lived, right? Mm -hmm. So they got married and then they're in the newly honeymooning phase, right? And then if they, if the Lord saw fit for them to have kids and bless them with children, then they had a child rearing phase. And then they had that initial empty nest phase and then a grandparent phase and then a great grandparent phase and and how all throughout all of that time mm-hmm. to make it 70 or 75 years you had to see it as being a teammate i mean mm-hmm. that's the only way to make it that long right so much life yeah and it's truly the only way you're gonna make it through that many years in our opinion is jesus and seeing it as a team effort yeah and so what i encourage if you're going to work together as a team another helpful tip is to pursue your teammate, to pursue them, to get to know them. Like, yes, we need to get behind a mission and yes, we need to communicate that, but we need to also understand the other person, what stresses them out, what makes them tick. Because I think one of the reasons why it's hard for us to be teammates sometimes, is sometimes we're a little selfish. (laughs) We look and we want to see how I fit into this, how I am being acknowledged or how I am being perceived. Well, if as a teammate, we can look at our teammates and see how are they, like how are they in their journey right now? We make it about the other person. I think it's definitely gonna be helpful. Yeah. We often hear, like I said earlier, that marriage is 50-50, but I love that my coach says marriage is 100-100. When we both come to the table giving fully to ourselves and how to serve the other, everyone's needs gets met. And we're truly operating in that beautiful unity and harmony that teamwork is. So we've talked about how it's good for us to kind of figure out what our mission is, to communicate that mission back and forth, to pursue one another as we are teammates And another thing is, is that I think a lot of times it feels like a competition, right? Mm -hmm. It can feel like I want what I want and you want what you want. 
and then it's like a game of chicken. Who's going to who's gonna give in first? Or I, even recognition. Like our, our selfishness wants mm-hmm. to be recognized or affirmed. And there's actually nothing wrong with wanting affirmation in what you do as your job. Like you don't have to feel bad about that. But when we're driven by recognition and affirmation, it's going to leave us super disappointed and unfulfilled. We actually can decide ourselves like to affirm ourselves and to recognize ourselves and to do the things unto the Lord and unto other people. And then we're going to need less affirmation, less recognition. When we come to the table, like this is an offering and this is hard. I'm not saying that this is easy, but we do get to decide our worthiness ourselves. We don't have to be affirmed by others to know who we are and whose we are. And so that is such a beautiful gift to our partner and our spouse and to the other teammates that we are in life with, whether it's community, whether it's church, whether it's wherever it is that we come to the table with this sense of belonging that we already belong here and we are already worthy to be here and we're already affirmed and believe that we have something to offer. Do we realize that it, like it truly makes us such a delightful person to be around? Like there's nothing wrong with having needs. It is super tiresome to be always in need and needy. Like I said, your needs are important. But when we realize that we can be caretakers and nourishing of our own needs, like we can take care of ourselves and choose to do that and not looking for everyone else to meet our needs. And so when we know that truly our needs are met in Jesus we're not going to have to look so much to the other person. We serve each other so much when we come from a place of already belonging and worthiness and not looking for it in everything else. And so that is a gift to our spouse. That's a gift to whoever we're in community with that we already know. And that is coming from someone who has struggled with this like their entire life. So I'm telling you this from experience of that It has brought me so much joy to choose that instead of feeling like I need affirmation or validation from whoever I am with. It it truly changes everything when I come to the table knowing I already belong here and I already have everything inside of me. One thing that you said is that I think is a good good visual for us is you said we come to the table. As we're thinking about whether we're competition or keeping score or gathering around the same mission, a lot of times it can feel as if we're sitting across the table from each other. Like we're at the principal's office, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or I'm on one side and you're on the other side. Mm-hmm. And one practical tip, it seems silly, but if you're going to have a hard conversation or you're going to need to communicate something that maybe you're not seeing eye to eye on, yes, remind yourselves of your mission, but then Take your chair and go sit on the same side of the table as the person you're talking with, whether that's your kid or your your spouse. It's just positionally you're setting Mm -hmm. yourselves up to where, look, we're going in the same direction. And it's also disarming. Like Mm -hmm. if you're sitting across and you're like looking straight in someone's eyes, it feels like someone's, like you said, brought you to the principal's office, correcting you, getting on to you with this hard conversation instead of disarming and inviting them in to your presence with with love and compassion grace you know non-judgmental that kind of thing so that is a great 
practical tip is just to sit on the same side to really kind of tell your brain we're on the same side we're not on opposing sides here now Um, if you're going out to eat with them sit on the opposite side because you're going to want to look in that girl's (laughs) eyes okay especially if you're a parent Sometimes you don't even get to look up a whole lot. And so if you have a kid-free evening where you're out to dinner, you sit across, then you just look in that girl's eyes and you say, hey, girl. (laughs) Um, Some people do prefer to hold hands on the same side. Sure, that's a little weird. But I just, I yeah, it's fine. We've tried it, but Chris still prefers to sit across so that we can look each other in the eye. Yeah, if you want to touch, you can play footsies under the table or something like that. (laughs) But we do want to talk about roles and how they can ebb and flow in your marriage. I think a lot of times, especially in a Christian household, we get tripped up on this traditional sense of roles. And although they are amazing and like traditional, there's nothing wrong with traditional roles. Sometimes they can change depending on seasons. And that doesn't mean it's wrong or bad. Okay. It, that doesn't mean that. And so when we have a more freedom of that ebb and flow and allowing roles to change in what season is going to serve your family in that season, in that moment, it really will change your view and perspective on teamwork. Honestly, Chris and I, when we first got married, we started very much in the traditional sense of roles. I stayed home with the children and Chris worked outside of the home. And it worked. It was it was beautiful. I've always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. That was something that was important to me. Like for me personally, I didn't want to work outside of the home, like go mm-hmm. to a job, that kind of thing. I've always still kind of been, that's something I wrestled with. And we had to learn that through our marriage is that I did need something outside of motherhood to flex that creativity and to grow as a person. And then that actually in return made me a better wife and mother. So I've always dabbled in something on the side while taking care of our children at home. I would cook and clean at home. Chris was always great to step in and help. That's never been like a major issue in our marriage. I know that that is sometimes an issue when the wife does not feel seen in her role. Now, there are plenty of times where I definitely did not feel seen in the sense that like you do all these things all day long and no one sees you doing them. No one sees you unloading the dishwasher and cooking and, you know, wiping literal butts all day and noses and then nursing and feeding literally all day long. Like no one except Jesus and these little children that looking up at you. (laughs) No one sees that at all. Only you. And so... That's why I think coming to the table with that sense of purpose that this, this is my job. Like this is what God has for me in this season and I'm going to do it and take on that meaning because that's the difference is like when we have purpose in what we do and how we view our job in that season changes how we show up for it. When we see that as our way of contributing to our family, to the world, to society, it takes on a new meaning to us. But then there's actually been times where our roles have changed. And Chris actually came home to work full time with me. And so he took more ownership of the cooking at that time and 
the grocery shopping. Yes, I do the cooking. <laughs> yes, I do the cleaning. No. And so, and like, he was really great at it because he saw that as his role, his purpose in this time of transition where he came home, where I could focus more on where we at, we're at with our business. And he contributed heavily to our business as well. And so that was kind of a different season for us because it was definitely different than what we were used to, but it worked. Then four years into that, now we're transitioning back a little bit and I'm taking more of the cooking and cleaning. Chris definitely is still part of that. I feel like more so now it's a combined Mm -hmm. effort. It's more teamwork than ever before that we're both contributing in these ways and we have big goals that we're running towards as a family and so we all realize that where our roles come into play so that we can accomplish that role and so we're all contributing our children as well now that doesn't always mean I know you hear that that oh my gosh their children contribute and everyone just pitches in and it's this perfect (laughs) beautiful harmony no No, we have our issues just like everyone else does. Our children still complain at times, still don't want to do the things, but they also know that this is part of their contribution to the family. So most of the time they do do it without complaining. They just know that is their job and that's how they're contributing. But it does not mean that it is just like perfect. Yeah, I think like really to go back to a point that we made earlier, when you're talking about roles, when you're talking about things that need to happen to move the mission forward, is communication. I can't tell you all of it right now, but you will see very soon we're working on some very exciting, fun stuff that is going Mm -hmm. to serve you. As we are creating this, what we are building currently, we are thinking about you. Yes. And we, it's going to be a few more weeks before we can tell you about it's it. Coming but it, it's coming soon. It's going to be, be really so fun. much fun. And so I think through just like communicating, just looking at these are all the things that need to be accomplished over the next few months, few weeks as a husband and wife team, but even as a family and to mm-hmm. say, hey, look, this is what the next month is going to look like. We're wrapping up summer vacation. We're going to be able to go to the beach here. We have this thing and all of that, but are, but we're really going to need your support in this area. Now, look, they forget. They forget. But again, I forget a lot of things as well. And so that's where communication comes back in to where, what's the mission? Where are we going? And how can we all be a team to work together to contribute and to accomplish the mission? Yeah. So you're telling me about that analogy about the queen bee role. Like, I think that would be great to talk about right now because it's a great analogy. So I'm reading, I'm actually listening to this book called Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. And it is a book basically on entrepreneurship and how you can work in your business. But there's a principle and a concept in there that he shares that you can really apply anywhere. It's a, called the QBR, the Queen Bee Roll. So this guy was researching what are the most effective organizations out there. And so he was looking at a whole bunch of different things and he was kind of falling short. And then by chance, he just came across this NPR article or special or something like that on beehives and how a beehive is literally the most efficient, the most scalable, the most just well-oiled, efficient (laughs) organization 
that exist. Because you can see, like, they can just go in and everybody has their job and then they can produce honey and they pollinate and they do so many amazing things. But as they're studying them, they know that the main job, the thing that everything else stops for is protecting the queen. The queen is the one who actually lays the eggs in the hive. So without a queen, they know that the hive will not continue because her role is responsible for producing eggs. Keep looking now, for the good. Now, it doesn't mean that it's she is there. the most important, right? She's not the Tom Brady of the team because we know if she doesn't produce, they just come and elect another queen, basically. The, the most important. is the most important. So when a queen needs protecting, everybody stops what they're doing and protects the queen. And that's why you watch these videos of these people moving a beehive from a trash can or like the backyard or something like that. And it's, it's amazing. There's like specifically this one blonde headed woman that's on Facebook that she, she does this and it's crazy. She doesn't wear any of like the beekeeping thing, protective gear. She just goes in there, but her first mission is to find the queen. She gets them in like this little hair clip thing. Like you put your hair up in anyway, she gets the queen in there inside this little hair clip. It protects her. But then all she does is move that queen inside that little clip to the place that she's wanting to move them. So from the trash can that they've overtaken into like this wooden box, she puts the queen in there. It's the craziest thing. All the bees go straight to that box. They stop exactly what they're doing. They're not thinking about anything else other than saying this queen has got to survive. And so they all go there and that's their job. And then once that's done, then they're able to move on to something else. That's how it should run in our family, how it should run in our business, how it should run in our life. That the role, the thing, the thing that makes us tick, the, the thing, mission, the mission, we should protect that at all costs. And so and when it's we not about a person, it's about the role, the mission that we're protecting and that we're all running towards. And so that's why everyone's role is important towards that mission. And so, like you said, it's not a person that is the most important in the family or most important in a team or anything like that. It's the role. It's the mission that we're all running towards. And when we're all on the same page, we get to all show up and run towards it and protect that mission, protect that unity. Yeah. And so the thing is, is we quickly forget. So unless we have it in front of us at all times, unless we're repeating it, whether that's at the breakfast table before we're heading out for our day whether that's around the dinner table at night, whether that's whenever we're tucking everyone into bed at night, whatever it is, like if we can remind ourselves, remind our spouse, remind our families around this is what our mission is, and this is why we need to do what we need to do is because of that mission. And, and so, reminding each person that what they bring to the table is so important, helping them see they are such a valuable piece to the story, to the mission, to our family's vision. It's not about just this one thing and everyone's just robots running towards it. It's that you get to contribute. You get to bring what you have uniquely to offer and then helping them say like the world needs you. Like you are special and we're so glad you're here because you make our family better. You make our mission better. You make this community better. And that's why we're all vital. We're all vital to the ecosystem, basically. And we're all vital to the Great Commission. And 
living a life of purpose and meaning, full of intention. So to recap, we are better together. We are designed to do this with others. We mm-hmm. are designed to be teammates. And one way that's really going to help us be teammates is if we know what the mission is. We need to communicate that to each other. We need to pursue one another. We need to understand and know the other person, our teammates. We need to realize this is not a competition against our teammates. This is a mission that we're moving towards together. So we hope that was helpful to you. Elizabeth, what thought would you like to leave us with today? What thought can we tell ourselves? A thought that I would love for us to practice and take on as we show up in the world this week is I'm uniquely gifted to contribute to the team, whatever that looks like. You are uniquely gifted to contribute to the team and what you have to offer and to contribute truly matters towards the mission that you're running towards, your family is running towards, your community, your church, wherever you're meant to serve, you have something to bring to the table in your marriage, in your motherhood, everywhere. What you do and what you have to offer matters. So you are uniquely gifted to contribute to the team. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, if you tag us and you tell us where you're listening from, we will pick a winner from one of you. We want to know. We want to know how you're listening to us. We hear from you guys in messages all the time about how you have, how it's helpful, but we'd like to know, like, where are you listening? So have a great day. We see what we're looking for. So keep looking for the good. It's always there.